they're, they're catching on to these strategies and tactics, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we can just cut the rates to nothing. And then, I mean, we've even heard the questions like, really? Like this, this 10 by 10 is only 30 bucks. Like, what's the deal? Like it's, you get to that too good to be true situation. You end up getting into the, okay, it's 30 bucks now, but what's it, what's it going to be, you know, in six months? Um, because people understand that, like you said, it's it, probably a promotional rate. But if you're not being transparent about those things up front and being clear, then obviously you're probably going to lose that individual because they think, well, these guys are going to do, do the old bait and switch. Mm -hmm. And uh, six months uh, later, I'm going to get this massive rate increase and my 30 bucks is now 200. That's exactly. And, and that's what yeah. the REITs are doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't think we need to be that extreme. But at the same time, uh, speaking of Rev Man, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a huge talking point at the conference because mm -hmm. of the amount of AI now coming into the storage industry. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ways it's it's really coming in is revenue management. Mm -hmm. And it's not like AI as far as uh, some magic robot doing your revenue management. However, the revenue management tools are now being able to basically API and especially into Hummingbird with tenant mm -hmm. and pulling out all of this real time data. And you may have a 10 by 10 on the second floor, right? For 50 bucks, but on the first floor, it's 120. And so again, when it comes down to acquiring leads and, and getting people in, people understand if you're saying there's a $50 rate, it's on the second floor and they're like, well, I really don't want to go to the second floor. And you say, well, we do have something on the first floor and it's more expensive. People can correlate that, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, it's not the bait and switch because you do have the $50 unit. Right. It's right. just not the one that they want, right? And so really when it comes to customer service, either in person or even on your website, allowing the consumer to make a choice of what they really want is how you're going to win the battle. Welcome everybody to the Self Storage Income Podcast. Today, you've got myself and the one and only Jesse Harmon hanging out with you guys today. Uh, AJ decided to just dip out. He, he decided, Happens. hey, wasn't, uh, wasn't important enough to just come in here and hang out and do the podcast today, I guess. But uh, no, it's uh, he's got a lot going on, obviously, and uh, we wanted to jump in, get this podcast out for you guys, make sure you got the content coming. And um, really wanted to take today to bring Jesse in to talk a little bit about the uh, Tenant Inc. Innovation Conference that you just got back from last week. Really just hear what other operators in the industry are seeing, what they're hearing. I know there's a lot of discussion about supply, demand, rate management, driving leads, all those different things. So, I mean, we're, we're in these competitive environments that we haven't seen before. Um, and or that we're, we're getting back to, but we haven't quite seen at the scale that we have in the past. And I uh, would love to just get a download from you on uh, what you saw, what you were hearing, what some of the common themes were, and uh, just dive in, man. Yeah, no, definitely. It was a super cool conference. Uh, good to see our old buddies down there, all the operators and, yeah. you know, store local uh, storage doing a wonderful job growing their growing their stores and we've got tenant trying to grow hummingbird and mariposa and all that technology and again it's the innovation conference so technology was the spotlight um, but you're right uh, pricing was uh, the pitchfork uh, there are a ton of discussions about pricing and i don't think there's any right answers to be honest with you right now uh, but the one thing that was a common was the reits are just slashing prices and again that comes down to the the uh, declining occupancy that we're seeing across all markets in self-storage. And, you know, the REITs, they have shareholders that they have to basically 
you know, get incremental revenue for. And so getting those street prices in, unfortunately with this, this low street prices come rate increases. And that's what's giving pretty much self-storage right now a really black black eye with, with the consumer base. So mm-hmm. that was a big, big deal of the discussion. Um, and uh, the one way we were talking about combat- combating that as as storage industry, storage operators is uh, just being transparent, um, mm-hmm. telling people when they come in with these low prices, because we do have to have low prices to compete, is just make sure people understand that they're promotional prices, right? Um, anytime you're looking to lease, leasing a car, leasing an apartment, uh, you know, they typically get you in with some, some sort of promotional pricing or, or, you know, something to that effect. And self-storage is the same way. And so uh, as operators, get people in, let them know, hey, this is promotional pricing. We will be looking at uh, doing some rent raises here in the future and just having that as part of your dialogue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all comes down to customer service, how you, how you announce it. But then again, just, uh, you know, some operators are going as far as having an addendum saying, hey, we're gonna put you up to a price at this certain point. Interesting. Um, very interesting. Um, I, I, I don't think that that's warranted necessarily. Um, but as part of the customer service talk, I mean, just like when you're getting a cell phone, typically, you know, you come in, you know, zero down, that sort right. of thing. You're not going to have zero down forever. You know, at some point in time, you are going to have payments. And so it's just part of that onboarding process with a tenant just to let them know that they mm-hmm. are getting a good deal. Yeah, no, I think those are really good points there, um, especially in the customer service side of things where when we're talking competition, when we're looking at differentiation and how you and your facilities can really truly stand out in these different markets that you're in, um, yeah, there's going to be the rate games, right? You're going to have to stay competitive, but if you can maintain a really good quality level service and product for people coming in, yeah, you can you can absolutely beat the REITs out and win customers over, get those tenants in, drive your occupancies, drive your revenue, really just based on that overall um, consumer facing aspect of the, the customer service side. So um, uh, if, because I know that's been a conversation that we've had a lot um, and we've heard operators talk about a lot <clears throat> with the rate adjustments is how do we attract tenants? How do we retain tenants with just the REITs coming in, slashing rates? And I really truly think that that customer service and experience is really what's gonna set people apart. That's, that's right. Yeah. And, and the whole lead acquisition is attracting your customer base to your store. And again, there's a lot of different ways, right? You, you can use third party acquisition channels. You can use uh, Google. You can use uh, pay-per-clicks. You can use social media. At the end of the day, um, once someone comes to your store or calls your store, there's already some affinity there between you and the customer. And so you just have to close that loop right? And sometimes it's proximity, sometimes proximity to their house. If they're a business, sometimes it's proximity to their business, right? And so they're coming to your store, they're already feeling there's there's already some sort of connection there. They've already pretty much looked at your pricing. So typically, it's not a price at that point. It's typically getting that relationship in and it's customer service. And if if the managers are, are neatly dressed, you know, they're smiling, they're engaging and that sort of thing. That's going to do a lot to win over a customer than just a price. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. It really doesn't matter uh, at that point again, because I think the fact is, is consumers are getting, they're they're catching on to these strategies and tactics, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like we can just cut the rates to nothing. And then, I mean, we've even heard the questions like, really? Like this, this 10 by 10 is only 30 bucks. Like, 
what's the deal? Like it's, you get to that too good to be true situation. You end up getting into the, okay, it's 30 bucks now, but what's it, what's it going to be, you know, in six months? Um, because people understand that, like you said, it's it, probably a promotional rate, but if you're not being transparent about those things up front and being clear, then obviously you're probably going to lose that individual because they think, well, these guys are going to do, do the old bait and switch. Mm -hmm. And uh, six months uh, later, I'm going to get this massive rate increase and my 30 bucks is now 200. That's exactly. And, and that's what you the know? REITs are doing, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I, I don't think we need to be that extreme, but at the same time, uh, speaking of RevMav, Brev man, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a huge talking point at the conference because mm -hmm. of the amount of AI now coming into the storage industry. Mm -hmm. And one of the big ways it's it's really coming in is revenue management. Mm -hmm. And it's not like AI as far as uh, some magic robot doing your revenue management. However, the revenue management tools are now being able to basically API and especially into Hummingbird with tenant mm -hmm. and pulling out all of this real time data. And you may have a 10 by 10 on the second floor, right? For 50 bucks, but on the first floor, it's 120. And so again, when it comes down to acquiring leads and, and getting people in, people understand if you're saying there's a $50 rate, it's on the second floor. And they're like, well, I really don't want to go to the second floor. And you say, well, we do have something on the first floor and it's more expensive. People can correlate that, right? Mm -hmm. they, they, it's not the bait and switch because you do have the $50 unit. Right, it's right. just not the one that they want, right? And so really when it comes to customer service, either in person or even on your website, be allowing the consumer to make a choice of what they really want is how you're going to win the battle. Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly right. And having, having that reasoning behind why there's that rate discrepancy because again i think consumers are consumers are intelligent right i mm -hmm. mean they they see what's going on they see what's happening but i think too like in storage or any other industry as time goes on people get more and more aware of how things are priced mm -hmm. or storage it used to be like yeah all the 10 by 10s are 30 bucks whereas now you've got all the dynamic pricing and pretty much everybody out there that is running a facility in any way shape or form professionally mm -hmm. is doing dynamic pricing on yep. all their different units. So yep. um, really, really getting getting the hang of uh, how those things work and mm -hmm. the consumers are getting more and more used to that dynamic, yep. I think. No, exactly. And, uh, you know, Tenant also uh, unleashed on all of us uh, and it's in the infancy, but it's super cool right now. Just in the last like three months, they put this together. They have this BI tool that they're going to be allowing store local storage members and then they're going to be allowing people who are a hummingbird later down the road mm -hmm. to basically have all of their real-time data visually at the snap of a finger. And so right now they're going through and just looking at just really generic reports that operators want mm -hmm. um, without having to do too much fine-tuning because they understand a lot of operators don't have people who have data scientist background right. you know, in, in their <laughs> office, right? So they're yeah. trying to do all the heavy lifting so that they can like deliver some canned reports. Mm -hmm. um, but again, taking this real-time data that we have, and one of, the, one of the things, and no one had any real reason to it, right? But they pulled a year's worth of data for 30 facilities, just 30 facilities across the board that were just randomized in Hummingbird. And they were looking at moving and move outs. And they were looking at days of the week people move out and move in. But the move out was the, was, was, was the crazy part. I have it written down here. 70% over one year, 70% of the move outs are on Tuesdays. Really? 
And for how many stores? 30. For 30 stores 30, that they looked at? 30 different markets That's and everything. Crazy. And the one thing was 70% of the move outs for a week, mm-hmm. for, the, for the seven days, happened on Tuesdays. That's incredible. So I just said we'll close our store on Tuesday, right? Yeah. But I mean, I mean that that's uh, <laughs> it, it's funny. But then again, there's there's you know I, I started looking into uh, how many Tuesdays were the last day of the month, and mm-hmm. you know I start I, yeah yeah I, 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 my my mind started wondering right. I'm like how could that how how could it be over the last year it was 2023 that 70% of moveouts happened on a Tuesday. That seems wild. It is wild. But if you ask any operator. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask any operator, you'd probably at some point in time see that it would be, people would say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like if you just asked a hundred operators in a vacuum, you know, Mm -hmm. no one would really know. But then when you see that type of data, and I don't know what actionable insights you can get from that data, but those are the types of Mm -hmm. things that these BI tools are gonna allow you to see, take a peek into your business that you'd never really look at before. Mm -hmm. Like who would run a report and, and then try to like, figure out the day of the week and that sort of thing, right? Like that would take a lot of work. That'd be that'd be a pretty heavy lift for someone to do. Oh, for sure. But like these reports, like boom, they just show you that. And they mm-hmm. show you, and, and another thing is, um, we, we look at occupancy and we look at occupancy in, on seasonality. But the one thing that I've seen coming from the hospitality industry versus the self storage industry is in the hospitality, we looked at like a ton of rolling data over like 45 days instead of 30 days or over 12 months where mm-hmm. it would roll to really see that seasonality and those swings. And uh, these BI tools that we're creating basically have those those rolling periods, which um, when, when you pull a report, it's just pulling it back from that day 12 months. You're not mm-hmm. having to sit there and sift. And again, just the amount of metrics that come out that way, uh, it's just, giving you a whole different picture. You're seeing mm-hmm. huge seasonality swings. I mean, we knew that there was a little bit, but I mean, we're seeing the big waves, right? Mm, so gotcha. um, again, just something that most operators don't have in in their toolkit right now that uh, tenants gonna be able to deliver very, very soon. So mm-hmm. super interesting. Yeah, no, that is really interesting. And that's, that's good insight because those, like you said, it's the actionable data mm-hmm. and, and the insights into the operations at your facilities to be able to understand and make those decisions um, on what is going to be the most optimal time to have somebody staffing your facility, mm-hmm. if at all. Yeah. When is going to be the most optimal time to run a certain promotion or to drive occupancy and, and reduce rates or increase rates or all the different dynamics there. There's so many operational efficiencies that could be gained just from those simple insights. Yeah. So that's incredible. Outside of the BI tool, what else? What else did they talk about down there? What was the? So you know, uh, it, it was a technology conference, but we'll go non-technical for a second. Yeah, yeah. One one of the discussions we had, and it, it was it probably took us about an hour, and this was like on a break, so we we missed a little bit because I mean there was five or six operators, and we got pretty heavy discussion about this, mm-hmm. and the discussion was about um, payment dates for tenants, uh, mm. having an a, an annual not an annual but an anniversary date versus first of the month, right? And typically when you, okay, so it was one against five, right? The five of us were like, well, the first of the month, like this just makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, one operator was like, well, we do anniversary. And we're like, why would you do anniversary? You know, don't your accountants hate it? And he goes, well, I'm the boss. So I tell the accountants what what, what they like and what they don't like. But at the same time, where he came from, again, customer service, 
Mm-hmm. He said, I'm spreading out all the, he goes, the one, one reason that the biggest reason for people calling my facilities is because of payments. He says, I'm basically spreading that all those calls out now over a month rather than them all coming on the first or second of the month. Interesting. You know what? And mm-hmm. we were just like, minds blown, right? We were like, that is so smart, right? Like, mm-hmm. like never even thought about that before, right? Just, we just took it for granted. Hey, we'll prorate the first month, we'll prorate it. So then the first of the month is their billing cycle. And then every first of the month, bing, bang, boom, we've got auto pay. And he, mm-hmm. he's, he, he only allows people to do auto pay. Like yep. if you don't do auto pay, you don't store with him. And mm-hmm. he still says he still gets calls. The number one call he gets is people wanting to update their credit card or um, still has to do with payments, even though they're all on auto pay. Mm-hmm. And so that was super interesting how he's basically taking all those calls and mixing them up so that his, you know, managers yeah. aren't, aren't getting just a slew of calls on the first. So really again, idea. and, and uh, it, those are the types of things you go to these conferences to kind of have those discussions, right? You, you, know, you don't go down there with a, with a notepad going, I'm going to ask about anniversary versus first of the day, mm-hmm. you know, first of the month payments, right? <laughs> but you get into these discussions yeah. and uh, it just opens your mind. Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly right. Getting in those atmospheres to ask the questions and again, see what all these other operators are seeing and what they're doing and how they're navigating some of the environments that we're in. Um, there's so much to be learned from everybody. And with that's really the beautiful part about the competition and the free market, right? You get to be able to connect with these individuals and see mm-hmm. how exactly they're going through and solving those problems um, that you might have not even thought was a problem. Yeah, exactly. So that's a perfect example. Mm -hmm. No, I totally love that. Hey, podcast listener, are you looking at buying your first storage facility, but you're not confident in your numbers or don't know what risks may lie? Well, we actually do feasibility studies for storage facilities that you can even provide to your bank. We do the underwriting, we look at the market, we tell you where the upside is and the risks so you can move forward in confidence and have a business plan so day one, when you buy that facility, you know what it's worth and what you need to do. If you wanna underwrite your deal the exact way that I do it, follow the link in the show notes to learn more about our feasibility studies. When you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities, there's a ton of options out there, but no other option compares to Tenant Inc. Tenant Inc. is going to be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want. You own your data, and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure to check out Tenant Inc. Uh, Going back to some of the rate management, um, I know uh, with the REITs coming in, slashing rates, doing the bait and switch several months down the road, uh, sustainability-wise over time, I mean, is that something people are concerned about? Are they looking at alternatives? Are they worried about regulation, lawsuits, like what's, what's the sentiment there? You know, uh, they, the, we're not really worried about lawsuits from, from a conservative point of view, but we do believe if there ever is going to be a lawsuit, it's going to be one of the REITs, right? They've got millions of, of storage mm-hmm. tenants and it just takes a few of them to start a class action. Um, you know, the one, the onesie twosie operators probably not going to have a class action suit anytime soon. However, um, you know, if there is talk of a class action because of this bait and switch type of, re- re- really what they're doing is um, it's predatory, 
mm-hmm. at the end of the day. It's predatory mm-hmm. because they're, they're, they're bringing tenants in at a low rate knowing that they're not going to have the time or efforts to really go and move all their stuff, right? So once they get in, especially the big units, um, they jack up their rate 300, 400% in three months people are going to have to kind of live with it, right? And that I think that's where it's going to mm-hmm. become some sort of lawsuit is it's going to be predatory practices mm-hmm. because they know what they're doing. Interesting. It's, it's not like it's a, it's a business case and you say, hey, I have a business and I'm starting to lose money and I need to do something, so I'm going to increase these prices because of the market, right? This is baked in. They, they understand what they're doing. They've been doing it a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. They just haven't cut the rates as much as they are doing now versus what they've did in the past. Mm-hmm. And so the rate hikes are much higher than previously. Everyone knows when you when you get storage, you're gonna have a rate hike. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? We actually, um, with, ours, with our stores, we do get that question a lot. Okay, so w- when is your first rate mm-hmm. hike? Tenants know going in that they're gonna get a rate hike, right? For sure. They don't know when it's gonna happen. They don't know how much this is going to be. And that's where these like significant rate hike percentages are going to get some of the REITs probably in trouble. But mm-hmm. again, they do have arbitration rights in their leases. And so typically what uh, we, we did have some legal, uh, a legal scholar talk at the conference and he was talking mm-hmm. about ar- arbitration and that REITs are able to use that. And really uh, the Supreme Court likes arbitration. They, 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 you know, they like having an arbitrator to, to look at these types of cases. They don't want to be sitting there looking at all these mm-hmm. cases type of thing. So when you have arbitration in your lease in your contract, uh, typically they stand pretty pretty firm with that. But gotcha. um, you know it will be something outside of uh, outside of just the the, the rate hike mm-hmm. um, that'll probably be the reason why there may be some young gun lawyer say, hey, you know I've got I've got a thousand people who've contacted <laughs> me. Like let's 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 take a roll. Now's right? the time. Now's the time. Yeah. What um, with with storage in the dynamic of of the month to month leases how does did they talk about that at all and how that dynamic works into the rate management and in all of this and the sentiment that we're seeing from consumers more and more and i'm glad you brought that up that's exactly what we were talking about when it comes to the the rate hikes with a lease if you're in a year lease and someone does a, a rate hike in the middle of it like you've got a you've got a good cause to be upset mm-hmm. um, but we're month to month and if you give a 30-day notice right and and you play it by the book I mean there's nothing saying that you can't give a rate hike and there's no there's no ceiling mm-hmm. right again you're giving them a 30-day notice it is month to month they can make the decision as a consumer to leave your to, to leave your um, your facility and go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They're not locked in. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's it's something to consider for sure. Um, but obviously, you know, as you guys are running your facilities, go out there, see what uh, see what everybody else is doing in the markets that you're in. Mm-hmm. Like Harmon's talking about here, Jesse. You know, going out and going to these conventions and meeting these people and figuring out again how they're solving and approaching some of these issues. Talk to the experts. Don't just speculate or mm-hmm. you know. Talk to the buddy who, you know, knows somebody that knows somebody kind of thing. Yeah. Like go and talk to the experts that are out there that are doing this every single day, whether it's the national associations, the state associations, um, the folks, you know, Tenant Inc., like we're talking about here at the Innovation Summit. Um, make sure that you're connecting with those operators that are innovating, that are moving forward. Um, I think that's another really important piece to this is it's interesting to see how many people aren't innovating 
even even professionally managed operators mm -hmm. um, that are really kind of still trying to hold on to the old ways of operating in some circumstances. And, um, you know, it's, that's, that's one of the things that I'm always surprised of when we go to events and meet other operators and, and those things and, and just the feedback we hear and see. And um, not only are we seeing other people implementing change and innovating in their own ways, but there's a lot of times when we're like, wow, like you're, you're only doing rate management once a year yeah. on your in-place rates. Like, that's crazy. So. That that and and I spoke on a panel just about that about change management and bringing mm -hmm. technology into into your company because there are a ton of operators out there who are still doing it from decades ago uh, on an Excel spreadsheet. Some yeah. of them like on a pen and paper, like they they have they <laughs> yeah. have their tenants right it's and crazy. what they're paying. It's it's totally crazy. And yeah. and the and the more that you can and and again, bringing in technology. I mean, you have to have a mind shift. It's hard, right? Mm -hmm. But you know what? So is walking. When you were a baby, you were crawling. You had to learn to walk. That was tough, right? Humans are used to adapting, right? Mm -hmm. And really, it's like the first step of the journey is what you have to do to get into just technological change. Um, and luckily, the conference we are at, a lot of forward-thinking type operators with tenant and and that sort of thing so it wasn't like it was pulling teeth but i have been to like ssas where people were like yeah no i'm i'm good i just mm -hmm. I, i'm on an excel spreadsheet and people come in and pay me cash and i'm just like thinking in my head like all the operational like gymnastics you have to do mm -hmm. to keep running your business that way like how are you having a website telling people what your rates are I mean, that's where people find you right now. People find you, and it's not even a desktop. Mm -hmm. People find you on their smartphones, and you literally have about five to seven seconds to get, to earn their earn their trust in their business mm -hmm. on their on your smartphone. And, and and another thing that you know, having a website again, talking about technology and everything else, like having a website that is up to date with pricing, also with the photos of your of your facility not have not having photos from 25 years ago mm -hmm. i mean when someone shows up your your facility or even just drives by it right and it doesn't look like what's on the website you've lost their trust they're not stopping at your store mm -hmm. they're going down this they're, they're going down the road to another place yeah right and so yeah. i mean even even if you don't have the best looking facility i mean you have to be you have to be truthful to yourself and your and your customers mm -hmm. and uh you know um that's that's where the consumer lives right now. The consumer lives in a digital mind, in a digital world with, on their phone, they're looking up storage near me and they're finding two or three places that are a mile or two from them and they're mm -hmm. making that decision on, on where to go. And uh, you know, the, that's again, how you build your pipeline, but it's not how you build your pipeline, it's how to then acquire and close those leads once you've built the pipeline. Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly right. and. I know it's been talked about a lot at these these conferences that we've gone to, but the the truth and, and the fact of the matter is is that that online presence, that ability to gather a lead, to capture that person, walk them through the buying process, close it out, um, that's that is in effect it's your new your new office, mm -hmm. right? Um, you're replacing your office on site with an office online, mm -hmm. and you need to think of it that way. Yeah. Um, another thing that's really stood out to me too is this idea. Um, I mean, going you know, just talking tenant ink and in store local specifically, um, this idea and talking competition of the of the competitive world that we're in, and this concept of of online real estate and uh, the overall SEO and the different mm -hmm. aspects mm -hmm. there and the combined 
wealth of that um, instead of being a single owner operator out there trying to compete with the REITs and compete with these other owner operators who have a lot more money to bleed or a lot more resources or a lot more stores under management or whatever it is, being able to consolidate all of those resources under one roof effectively mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. really boost that SEO, to boost all the different aspects of your online presence and of that online office to get people through. Because again, that's like you said, Jesse, that's really where people are not only finding the facility, but a lot of times reserving and or renting, especially nowadays with technology, you've got Noki, you've got different processes that even we use that don't involve Noki that allows people to rent a unit, access a facility, access a unit, never have to go to the office, right? Yeah. Um, and I think more and more that will become the standard as we move forward. But just another really important piece that um, we need to be thinking about is what does our online real estate footprint look like? How much of the market share do we actually have yeah. in storage in that market? Um, so just another piece that I know that anytime I've gone um, to the tenant conferences or to uh, or talk to the store local folks, that's just one of the common things that is talked about. And that's something that I know when I first heard it, I thought, man, I'd never really thought about online real estate and market share of an industry like yeah. that. And, and uh, prior to the innovation conference kicking off, uh, we did have a, a store local storage conference for a few hours, mm -hmm. just talking about all the new things with store local since, mm -hmm. we're, on the, since we're on the subject. And uh, one of the biggest value additions uh, of store local storage for these independent operators is just what you just said, uh, building this like brand affinity that can compete mm -hmm. with the REITs and that's great and all to have some brand affinity and some brand awareness. However, the biggest thing is if you have PetesStorage.com, uh, you may have a domain authority of 13 or 16, which is okay. Um, but getting on to like StoreLocal.com, like you're already in the high 30s, low 40s in the domain. And right now, extra space, I want to say they're like 48 to 51 typically when I when I go to SEO Rush and, and look at their domain authority. So I mean, you're almost competing on a domain authority by just joining like a store local storage mm -hmm. brand, right? And Do you, you allow give everybody a rundown of what domain authority is. Yeah, no. So yeah. domain authority uh, is basically uh, when when Google or DuckDuckGo or uh, the billion other search engines yeah. out there. <laughs> they look at your website and they rank it based on what type of authority you have on that product or service over the entire web. So the higher, the better. And basically when you have higher domain authority, it's not, it's just a couple things, right? It helps you with SEO, which is search engine optimization for those who, who don't know. And that's basically when someone goes to Google and types in self storage near me, uh, that's, that's how you rank without having to pay. Mm -hmm. right that's called our organic traffic um, obviously if you have a pay-per-click uh, campaign going you can bid and you can you can be above the organic but you have to pay for those right you have to auction there, there's an auction process and you have to pay for bids and all that stuff um, now what also a domain authority allows you to do not just seo but talking about pay-per-clicks if you have low domain authority you may have to pay five six seven dollars per click Mm. The better your domain authority, makes sense. Google trusts you. Google says, "Hey, we know because Google's in the business of having consumers go to their site and search for things, and their mm -hmm. end goal is to match what the consumer's looking for 
to a website. Imagine you go to Google and you're looking for hot dogs and you click on the hot dog link and it takes you to hamburgers. And you go, well, wait a second, I want a hot dog, not a hamburger, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, that was kind of weird. So then you type in, uh, I want to buy an Apple iPhone. And you click on the Apple iPhone link and it takes you to Samsung Android phones. You're going to stop using Google because you're going to say, every time I search here, I don't go to where I want to. I'm wasting my time, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to their competitor. Google doesn't want that. So Google uses domain authority to basically say, we are very, very... Um, uh, focused on when the consumer searches, we get them to where they want to go. And again, domain authority has, how are your pictures look towards your actual business? They've got these funky little cars that drive around, right? And they know what your outside of your business looks like. Mm -hmm. So if you start putting Taj Mahal pictures of your storage, they're gonna say, okay, that's not, that, that, that doesn't look right, right? right? You've, <laughs> lost, you've lost our trust, you've lost domain authority. Mm. And that's why I'm saying, storage facilities are not the sexiest things in the world, right? Mm -hmm. But you need to be honest with yourself and your consumers, even if you need a, you know, obviously curb appeal is super, super important, but right now is the time to put the right photos of your facilities onto your website and then start working on your maintenance you know, to, to, to make it look mm -hmm. better. But at the right, but right now you need to make sure you have updated photos of your facility because Google's looking at that and that's going to affect your domain authority. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, with domain authority, now that pay-per-click, if you're at a high enough rank, you're only paying maybe a dollar fifty dollar seventy five for that instead of five bucks. Mm, that's and, huge. And that's huge. When, when yeah. you start looking at your, your cost of acquisition and you know, it's expensive to get leads. Mm -hmm. It's getting even more expensive. Right. The REITs, everyone are just pumping money in because there is a smaller demand is is not as big as it was a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. And so everyone knows that, right? So we're all competing for a smaller pool. And the REITs need to continue to make incremental revenue. So they're doing everything they can to continue getting their leads in. So it's all a numbers game. Yep. You know, if you bring 100 leads in and you close 50, that's 50 tenants. If you have 40 leads and you close 50, that's 20 tenants, right? So they're trying to get their amount of leads because at the end of the day, it's it's pretty consistent as far as your closing ratios. Mm -hmm. um, and so the more that, that uh, operators can continually get those leads and the best part is online i mean mm -hmm. that that is where you're fighting the war and i mean real estate's location 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 and now it's becoming location smartphone you know website where you show up on google maps mm -hmm. the the they call it the pack right because gotcha. a ton of people are searching especially for services near them they're just looking at the google map they're not typically sure. even looking at the website they're just going to the Google and seeing what's within the two or three mile radius. Mm -hmm. No, exactly right. Those really, really good input on all of that. Um, final thoughts on the conference. Final thoughts on the conference. Yeah. Um, there is a ton of technology coming in to mm -hmm. the storage industry. Um, everything from, uh, as we mentioned, revenue management tools, uh, security right uh cameras that are ai facial recognition of your of your tenants mm -hmm. license plate readers yeah um, well, it was crazy i was at a conference where this guy was showing me ai cameras and yeah. it was like you could just search red bag or yeah you know black jacket 
and it would just pull up all the footage from any time that the cameras identified it. Yeah. And it was just like the software on the back end. It wasn't even like the cameras themselves. It was yeah. just the software mm -hmm. and the AI plugged into the existing software, or the existing camera setups and systems yeah. at these different facilities all over the world. And I was like, yeah. dude, that is next level. And, uh, and uh, even for payments, right? So mm -hmm. um, uh, we were talking about, and again, this is through the uh, Hummingbird property management system, uh, basically a two-click conversion. Mm. So someone comes to your site, you offer them a price, they agree to the price, and they and and they confirm the price. It's like bing, bang, boom. So no click for the price. That's just on your website, right? Mm -hmm. They see the price, they agree to it by clicking on it. They type in their name and their email address, and they're gonna they're uh, through tenant payments. They're gonna have Apple Pay and PayPal very mm -hmm. very soon, where people are gonna be able to bing bing on their smart on their smart uh, phone. Yep. Confirm a rental, and then. Now you have a rental. Like, they've they've put in their information, they've agreed to the rental, um, and then on the back end it sends them the lease docs and you know, interesting. A, a two click rental. Right now, I mean, the last time I, I went through the rental process, it, it was about mm, thirteen to fifteen clicks, depending on what you're trying to do. Mm, that's a lot, and, man. And, and two clicks. I mean, that talk yeah. about again, it's a numbers game, right? You're getting them to the site and you want mm -hmm. them to convert and your conversions are gonna go through the roof, for allowing sure. for this uh, two-click rental. We had, uh, as I mentioned, we had a legal scholar there who, who talked about this, said it's legally binding. Uh, you've, you've gone through the three-step process by doing it and it's mm -hmm. called a click wrap. And uh, yeah, they're, they're, going, they're going full bore and uh, in a few, few months or so, it's gonna be live on uh, all of uh, Tenant's Mariposa websites. So super interested to see you know how that affects our numbers because you know we we look at that every week as as you know from an ownership group we always look at our leads and acquisitions and everything else and uh just to see the amount of people who would be willing to rent online i mean we've mm -hmm. already gotten a 300 percent increase when i ran the numbers last week yes. for for con online conversions mm -hmm. that, um, since last year so i yeah. mean we are just going full bore it's a digital world and we're all in on it yep Amen to that. Amen to that. You have to be. Well, with that said, thanks so much, uh, Jesse, for giving us the lowdown yeah, and definitely. giving us the rundown and, and going to that event. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal just to hear the, the different takeaways and where things are at and where things are going. And uh, again, we're in times that we've never really seen before mm -hmm. um, as far as competition goes, as far as rate management goes. Um, it's a lot more complex. I think that it used to be. So uh, all really great insights. Everybody go ahead down uh, in the link below, check out all the different links that we've got in the description um, to Tenant, to Store Local, the different resources out there for you guys. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.